0: Warning, the views expressed on this program may be deemed too controversial for some. But then again, not everyone can handle pure, unadulterated truth. Repent your sins, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the Eternal Planner. It's time to turn the focus back to Christ for saving us.
1: And now, your host, Rob Rennie. Thanks for checking us out, guys, here on the Eternal Planner Radio podcast, completely commercial-free. We're bringing to you Hardcore Jesus Testimonies, and tonight, a guest we have on the program, Chris White. He's a radio host and an author of many books, um, one one of which is Daniel, a Commentary, and he's a... He's got a website, and the website is BibleProphecyTalk.com. Now, before I bring Chris on, I just want to say, Chris was one of the people who I reached out to when I was looking for meaning and what was happening to me. I was going through a lot of issues with sleep paralysis, um, and he was one, one of the people who helped me a great deal. And um, all the stuff that he talks about, slop, StopSleepParalysis.org, all the the surveys that he's he's been doing um, regarding that issue that they are spot on. If, if you're somebody who's dealing with sleep paralysis, um, hey Chris's website is a great resource. Um, you know he's a great man of God, and I have a great you know he's one of the smartest guys I know in the body of Christ, and um, you know I have a lot of respect for him, so I bring him on the show to you guys. Uh, hey Chris, what's up? Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, first of all, I don't. Th- last time you came on the show, we talked about sleep paralysis, I remember. And it, it was a great show because uh, it's something that not a lot of people understand. They think it's a, a scientific, and they think it's um, not having to do with demonic at all. And of course, we disagree. And, and I would refer you listeners out there to that show, which I'm going to link to, um, if that's something that you're interested in, but on this show, I thought we would um, go into a little bit of your testimony, Chris, because, I, I you know, I love to have people come on and share incredible testimonies of how they came to the knowledge of the truth, of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you um, had were dealing with sleep paralysis in your case and and other issues. So, would you would you give us um, a, a little you know a story of how the, how you came to the faith?
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I can't actually say I remember ever giving my testimony anywhere, so it'd be it'd be good to to have it out there, I suppose. Okay. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I guess it started. I mean, as it always does when you're when you're little. I didn't really grow up in a tremendously religious family, although my mom was was religious to a degree, and she um, she had prayed for me when when I was. Uh, I didn't find this out till later, but when she was pregnant with me, she prayed that uh, she basically gave me to God, like whatever um, whatever that he wanted to do, he, uh, that I was his, basically. And, um, and that she said she had a uh, uh, thing she told me about much later in life, um, uh, that something that said I would be a preacher, but not in a pulpit. And uh, for most of my life, mm-hmm. that did not look like it was going to happen. But I found out that she was consistently praying for me throughout a lot of that time.
1: And she was absolutely so, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, um, uh, I guess you could say, I had, like I said, I had a kind of a tinge of, of Christianity. I sort of, I, I believed it was true, I think, for, for most of my life. Um, but we didn't go to church very much. I don't really remember that as a part of my growing up or anything like that. And, um, you know, I said the sinner's prayer, you know, Five, six, seven, eight, hundred times. I don't know how many times. You know, whenever, when, well, whenever we would go to a thing and they had something like that happen or whatnot. But um, it didn't. It didn't really have a lasting impact in the sense that when I uh, got special, especially in high school, got really into the drug culture and the sort of psychedelic thing and you know just partying and mm-hmm. everything that goes along with it. Then um, right out of high school. I got into a band with some guys that I knew in high school. And we um, became a pretty successful band. We played uh, over 150 shows or something like that a year for the next 10 years. And we traveled all around. And, of course, you could imagine that the the debauchery was pretty high in that scenario. We were heavy drinkers. I think I drank every single day for seven years. I was a pretty severe alcoholic. Um, wow. And I I you know, it's funny looking back on it, because I had a sense that it was wrong, that it was I was going on the wrong path, and I remember there was only one prayer that I ever prayed, and it was, I mean, I prayed it a number of times, but it's only one thing consistently, which was to get me free from that. I knew I didn't want it, especially in those nights when the room was spinning and I had to get up and go to work in the morning, those kind of prayers, Lord, take this away from me, but I never had any desire to do anything about it. I was, I was, people probably would have said I was a quote unquote good person, I suppose, but I really, I really wasn't, um, in my, in my heart and and not just the alcoholism or the drugs or whatever. It was just everything, you know, it was just, uh, just, just, uh, selfish and all the things that go with it. Mm -hmm. And anyways, so, uh, so at that time, right around, you know, still in the band and everything, I started getting into the new age. I've always been interested in those sort of interesting things, you know, what about the pyramids and what about this thing and that thing? So I listened to Art Bell for, you know, all those all those nights driving the bus or whatnot. So
1: Dark matter, I was
0: yeah. I was pretty real familiar with all the conspiracy concepts and that that drew me into the new age <clears throat> as you know most of the stuff that's out there that's kind of interesting about the pyramids or whatever, is basically a springboard for the New Age thought, the New Age belief system. So I got into it pretty, pretty severely. I mean, I wasn't ever doing, like, channeling, you know, into the do anything that severe, but I believed the New Age philosophy. And, of course, the New Age philosophy is is just totally incompatible with Christianity. Um, right. I remember, actually, when I first read David Icke's book, The Biggest Secret, um... I believed it. I mean, I believed everything in it. And he said something in it one time about uh, basically what Zeitgeist the movie says, you know, that Jesus was just a, a pagan god and and it was just a repeat of all these gods that had come before it. And I remember, even though I didn't believe it at that point, and I, you know, certainly wasn't uh, living any kind of Christian life, I still remember thinking, man, if this is true, then all of that stuff is false. And I remember even... Even now, I remember saying to myself, maybe even to God, that I'm going to figure out if this is true or not. And it's funny that I ended up really diving into that and, I, and producing a lot of uh, material that ref, refuted that, as well as David Icke later on, but as well as the ancient astronaut theory, all that stuff. So anyways, um, I guess it started something started to change when, in the conspiracy research that I was doing, um, I... I came across some stuff that started to conflict with the new age and it started to make it look like the new age was, um, essentially, you know, trying its best to tell lies that people wouldn't pay attention to Christianity or that it would debunk Christianity. That is to say some of the things that the new age was saying, I was finding was flat out factually incorrect. And that started this, this kind of, christian conspiracy research that i was doing so i started shifting to that kind of idea and that in no way had anything i mean it was just one of the many things that were going on in my life at that point that were sort of pushing me in a direction to pay attention i think um keep in mind at this time i was still severe alcoholic and everything else um
1: by the way uh quick question your band were they involved in the new age as well
0: no, not really. I mean, I was the only one that was really interested in that stuff, um, for the most part. They just they didn't really care about any of that
1: stuff, for the most part. And the music itself was, pr- was pretty uh, psychedelic-type music, or...?
0: The music was really just straight-up rock and roll. We, put, we got compared a lot to bands like the Black Crows or... Uh, the Rolling Stones, that kind of thing. We actually played a lot with some of the Black Crows side projects and stuff like that. So
1: oh, that's cool. So, okay. so
0: yeah, we played with Leonard Skinner, that kind of thing. So but mostly it was it was Southern Rock, I guess you could say.
1: Okay. But getting back to what you were saying, um uh the New Age and and this you were started engaging this Christian conspiracy research and what was like one of the first kind of milestones that you wait, what was the what was the 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 you know, I guess the paper or book or mag—I don't know—article that you read that kind of started you thinking. Differently. I'll, I'll tell you
0: what it was. It was uh, it was Michael Heiser. Michael Heiser put up a website very early on um, called wrong dot com, and when I found that, because I was a full on believer in Zecharia Sitchin, I mean, I believe you know aliens came down here, genetically seeded mankind. The pyramids, all the rest of the stuff that Zachary Sitchin said, and when I found Michael Heiser, it was it gave me uh, a lot of. In addition to all the little things I was finding, it was that that gave me the the, the foothold to say this is all wrong. I remember. Emailing people that were uh, big in the cons- or just the, con- the conspiracy world at that time and saying, "Look, we we got this wrong." You know, people like Freeman and Doctor Deagle and and uh, surprised at the kind of answers that I was getting because I was trying to tell them, "Hey, look, this is all wrong. We're doing this all wrong." Um, wow. And and but you know that was just it, it was just an intellectual pursuit at that point. Um, I think a lot of the things that you know that I wanted to do they, they're just it, they were intellectual. I just didn't want it want to be wrong. I think a lot of people out there are out there like that when they do conspiracy research or any other kind of research. They're finding that um, they come to Christianity's doorstep because they find out that it's true. And they find out that there's all this evil that's trying to turn them away from it. But that's only half the battle. Intellectually, you can come to the agreement that, that Jesus was who he said he was in an intellectual way. But I think that's different than what what happens next? Um, right. So,
1: what, that, is, what was the reaction of some of your uh, colleagues, or I guess just friends, who were interested in the conspiracy stuff when you told them that they're wrong?
0: Well, um, it was uh, for for. I, I can't remember if what I'm about to say is it was right around that time period. I'm, I, I don't know. If, I guess this is right. I think this is right. Right around when I got saved. Um, that's when I was really trying to tell people, especially because right around this time, you know, the stuff about zeitgeist and stuff started coming out. And I remember just going out to the conspiracy world and all the forums, everywhere that they were, and we're starting to was starting to post about this stuff, starting to say, "Look, guys, this is wrong. we we're, we're, this is, Jesus wasn't you know the, the, the same as Horace. Horace was said so to do all this stuff and tried my best to get anybody to listen to me." And I was so shocked at the complete unwillingness for people to look at the evidence, so much so that it started the so-called Zeitgeist Challenge, which was, look, I'll give you a $1,000 if you can prove me wrong. So that, <laughs> that started a whole thing right there, is I actually had to try to, I had to, you know, pay people to look at the information. Um, of course, nobody ever did take the Zeitgeist like, Challenge, even to this day, there's never been a serious inquiry about
1: it. <laughs>
0: but... Um, that's but th- but the point is is that I was overwhelmed with the underwhelmed uh, reaction from the conspiracy community about the things that I was finding. Mm-hmm. Okay. So somewhere along the way, my girlfriend, um, who who was a Christian, she was around. I wasn't a Christian, but I I told her I was a Christian because I kind of th- I thought I was a Christian in, in some weird way, um, and. And I could probably, I and I, I guess I, I, I don't know what to, what to say about it, but I, for about a year we dated, and I remember her telling me one night, it's like, you know, this drinking thing, you know, if we ever got married, you know, we couldn't do that, and I was like, ah, you know, whatever, and, and I, and to make a long story short, I just quit drinking, I quit drinking that day, um, and that wasn't anything to do with my salvation, but, something happened when I quit drinking. It, it, it stopped a lot of the cloudiness that was going on in my life. And it really, at this time, when I was trying to figure out a lot of other stuff, um, it all started coming together really seriously at that point. And, it came down to, okay, uh, something, something kind of like a supernatural experience. I, I, remember it clearly. I was still smoking pot, um, mm-hmm. at that point. and, I remember, this is gonna, I, this is a terrible thing to say, but I remember one time, um I, I was still smoking pot and I, I got high. And I remember thinking, just being so convicted about it, like, this is something that's, you know, you probably shouldn't be doing, this new kind of thing. And, and I remember almost like, this is gonna sound crazy, but almost like hearing a voice of somebody saying something like, um, this guy believes uh, all this stuff, you know, um, but he, but I can't remember exactly what it was, but but he doesn't, uh, if he would believe in Jesus, like he believes in all this other stuff, that's the word I remember hearing, and I know it sounds weird, wow. but I remember, whatever that was, it, it, and I remember thinking, at that point, you know what, I'm going to find out about Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna go to my room, I'm gonna pick up my Bible, and I'm going to start following Jesus. And I did. And I almost, this is, again, because I'm crazy, but I almost heard cheers.
1: Uh, <laughs> no, I believe you. Go ahead, keep going. Uh,
0: but I almost heard, anyway, so I did. And, and I, did, I don't know if it was that day that I was saved. I don't know if it was a week after, two weeks after, or whatever. But I can <laughs> tell, tell you this. Things were different um, soon yeah. after that in my heart. Things were different in the way that I viewed sin. Things were different in the way that the peace that I had. Things were just plain different in my zealousness for uh, Jesus. I mean, it was it was a night and day difference in that regard. I, I just, I began to see, like, mainly the, the things that were different was I began to st- st- love the things of God and seek after the, those things and, and, and seek after Jesus and and, and started to... Really, be convicted of the other sins of my life. I mentioned pot, for instance. Mm-hmm. Pot didn't stay around for much longer, and, and I didn't have to have anybody tell me. And it, trust me, I was trying. That those moments after I was a Christian, but still smoking pot, I was looking for every excuse in the book. If you would ask me at that time, "Chris, is smoking pot okay for a Christian?" I would say, "Yeah, man, it's good. It's like, you know, it helps you." You know, I would I would have given you every possible apologetic argument, but I didn't need that at the end of the day. In fact, I got a a real strong impression um, that that pot was it was something that I couldn't do and do what was I was supposed to do. It was like a decision that I had to make. Almost, you got to drop pot, where you can't do any of the other stuff. I didn't even know what other stuff was. And again, I'm not talking audible voices or anything here. I just and so anyway, I dropped pot, and and it started being other things, and in a, in a non supernatural way, in this case like, other things started coming up to the surface, like, okay, what are you going to do about this issue, like pornography or whatever, and I started to, to start to look at these big things in my life, these, these things that I was doing that were, that I now saw was wrong, and I began to fight against them, and began to, uh, to slowly get out of a lot of that stuff,
1: and, um... But before you continue, I want to just backtrack for one second. I heard cheers also at a certain point in my testimony. I just want to say that that's a confirmation for me. Um, when you said that you heard cheers, that's number one. Second of all, when you heard that voice and you were smoking pot saying, man, if he would just follow after Jesus the way he follows after this other stuff, um, do you, looking back, do you think that was um, either the Holy Spirit or uh, an angel or something like that?
0: You know, it's interesting because I don't know what to tell you that was, but I can tell you what it sounded like, and it sounded like it sounded like an older black woman, and it's and I don't know what, and that's the way she said it. If he would believe in Jesus, like he believes in all this other stuff, I mean, I don't wow. know. And she was saying other stuff. I felt like she was saying it to somebody else, but it was about me, and I could and I couldn't make out a lot of the other stuff. I know this sounds quite quite interesting. I don't know. I, I got the sense. I don't know what it was. It may have been just whatever. But in any case, the, what what it was, even if it was my subconscious, it was true right. about me. That yeah. if, if I believed in Jesus, like I believed in all this other stuff. Um, and it wasn't that alone, of course, that did any of this stuff. Like I was sort of saying, it was this building up of, like, everything pointing to Jesus, everything saying, okay, if this is true, what are you going to do about it? Because that's the, that's the point that everybody comes to in all this research okay this is a guy that can raise the dead he's a guy that can that says that he is going to judge the world at the end of time this is a guy that doesn't that says he is the only way you know he this guy if he, if he is who he says he is then it requires an action on your part yeah. jesus says to repent and believe the gospel and i believe that's what i did that day when i stood up and left at the bottom To the Bible. I believe that I had a belief in a sense in my heart of 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 what I understood about the gospel. I believe Jesus was who he said he was. But I didn't do the other part. He says, Repent and believe the gospel. And I think that that part, that first part, is what I didn't do. It just changed my mind. That's what repent means. Uh, It comes from a Greek word, metanoia. Meta meaning change, noia meaning mind. And I changed my mind about God that day, that God was God and. If he was God, then he's the boss, and I ought to follow him. It's a heart-level change. It really doesn't have anything to do with, then I quit pot, or all those other things. That's, of course, you know, part of the things that happens when the Holy Spirit begins to indwell you and change your mind about all that stuff. But right. if you truly change your mind and you truly repent, it's simply a, an act of deciding that God is your God, and that, that means that you should follow him. So that's what I think happened.
1: Okay, very—it's interesting how the Holy Spirit takes us through the whole process. Everyone's got uh, um, a timeline, I think, of just this is when, you know, Chris is going to do this, and this is when Chris is going to learn from this mistake. And, you know, it's it's amazing how everything's mapped out, it seems, because um, the things that we've been through— if it weren't for those things, we wouldn't have the, um, the wherewithal to speak about it in an intelligent way so that the people who are out there who are still struggling struggling with those things will receive what you're saying. Exactly. The Bible,
0: I think it's 1 Corinthians, one of the first chapters in that book. Uh, I mean, it might be 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. It uh, talks a lot about that and says that that's the reason we go through some of the things that we do so that we can properly minister to others who have gone through the same things. And in my life, that was certainly true. Um, you know, I talked about Zachary Sitchin. and there's others like David Icke I mentioned, uh, but Michael Tsarian and, and Jordan Maxwell, and all these guys in the conspiracy world, I look back, and if I hadn't been deceived by those guys, I certainly could not have uh, done the work that I did, ultimately, in, in showing a lot more people that they were wrong.
1: Right, right. So after you started to, to do some house cleaning. And you were getting rid of, of bad habits in your life. Um, when you were right. when you were finally cleansed of all those things, I guess you could say, um, what was the next step? The next step was I remember
0: that right around that exact same time was the same time that I started to get really zealous for ministry. Um, I remember the only thing I knew to do at the time was to to burn a lot of the uh, YouTube videos that I was watching stuff like how Paul Washer and these other you know sermon jams and things like that that were that were on YouTube that really helped me and I, I said man people have to know this so I started just burning uh, copies of those videos and I would uh, I would write on them the words watch me and I would just walk around my town I didn't even have a car at that point or anything I just at this point uh, it's interesting how I got out of the band too I'll talk about that uh, a little later but but the point is, is that um, I started start just handing those things out everywhere I went. Um,
1: That's and, awesome. That's a cool idea, by and, the way.
0: Yeah, I actually started a, a, an entire ministry out of it. Uh, I don't know if that website's still up anymore, but it was called DVD Tract, where I eventually went went through and took a lot of testimonies, people coming out of uh, Islam or, or homosexuality or a lot of different things, and so I made real specific ones for different groups like Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses and whatnot. but ma- the main one was just a straight gospel one which basically applied to everybody and that's the one I always handed out everywhere I went mm-hmm. so that's, that's really when the ministry started for me in terms of the online stuff that I uh, did today and, and, and even in that process there was a lot of pitfalls and things I think that when a person is zealous but they don't necessarily know the Bible very good they are kind of in a vulnerable position for Satan and his devices, because Satan's primary tool is deception, and he he can work better in that regard if you don't know the Bible very good. Mm-hmm. So, so Satan just changes his hat. He knew he couldn't get me with the New Age stuff anymore, so he took that hat off and he threw it in the trash. And then he put another hat on that said uh, uh, Christian legalism, and he put that hat on, and he knocked on my door, and he said, hey, hey, uh, look at all this cool stuff. So, (laughs) for a while, I kind of got into the, you know, we need to keep all the Jewish feasts, and, uh, and do all this stuff, and and really, it worked on me, because I was, at that point, so zealous, you know, hey, if Jesus wants me to do it, I'm doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so I kind of got into that for a while, and that's another thing that, um, because I got into that for a while, I was able to really see what it was all about and helped me to minister to a lot of people. I've done a number of projects. Probably the most uh, complete one that I did was a film about the Sabbath called Should Christians Keep the Sabbath? And if you go to YouTube, you'll be able to find that. It's about an hour and a half long. It's a a really detailed presentation about the covenants and what they mean. It's such a great study. It's something that uh, I'll I'll cherish every minute of that study because I learned so much. But... Mm -hmm. um, So anyway, that's where I went right then, and that's where I really started picking up the pace in terms of my podcast. I was doing a a conspiracy podcast uh, for a while, but at that point, somewhere around there is when I started doing almost... All Christian kind of stuff, and I remember that transition period. You know, afraid if I talked about Christian stuff and the people that listen that were into conspiracies, well, they wouldn't like it or whatever. Eventually, I just was like, I don't care what they what they like or whatever. So, we're just going to talk about Christian stuff, and 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 uh, I guess it's all kind of downhill from there in terms of the ministry that I uh, have been able to do. After that, it's been a learning learning experience. Uh, I'll say one of the Best things that happened to me at that point right after the, uh, the, the legalism turn was I got turned on to listening to verse by verse Bible teaching um, so I, I found a lot of stuff online people like David Guzik and, and Chuck Missler, and, and a lot of people that just taught verse by verse through the Bible and I almost got like addicted to it. I mean I would listen to uh, you know sermons about chapter by chapter every chapter in the, in the whole Bible I went through. And more, it's more than, you know, and a lot of different teachers. And so it was through that process that I really learned doctrine and I learned how to understand the Bible, how to interpret the Bible. It really helped me develop that the Bible means what it says and says what it means. And, you know, if and it's worthy of our respect and worthy of our study, it really blew my mind um, about that. So I, I, that's a really important thing today. And one of the things that uh, the ministries that we do is we send out free data dvds that contain it's a dual-layered data dvd it contains eight gigabytes of free material tons of verse-by-verse teaching lots of videos and stuff like that it's called the christianity 101 dvd it's totally free i'll ship it to you wherever you are in the world uh just go to any one of my websites and look for christianity 101 dvd
1: that's cool and by the way you have a lot of websites you got uh you still i see com is still up there you've got stopsleepparalysis.org you've got uh, BibleProphecyTalk.com. dot com what are some of the other ones you have
0: oh i don't know um, uh, i'm drawing a blank right now there's there's twenty five of them out there somewhere <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: okay but, but that that's the good hub is the is the conspiracy closed or nowhere run dot com
1: okay all right and i so so um right now I, I noticed that you are you're doing you're on you're doing your show Bible prophecy talk. Is that a live show or is that um, just podcasts? Yeah, that's just a podcast. Okay, that's very cool. Um, that's kind of like what I do. So, uh, but going back to the legalism thing, I wanted to mention one thing. I mean, right now it's funny how you mention that because I I I'm not stressing to people on my radio show about you, know, you must keep the feast days, but I am. <laughs> but it's funny. I was just talking about it today, um, and how you know. I think it's a great way to witness to Jewish people um, and say, hey, listen, I don't mind that you say Happy Hanukkah to me. I, I, I celebrate Hanukkah, you know? I think it's a cool way to, to talk to, to the Jewish people. And um, But yeah, you Sure, well,
0: I mean, that's that's the biblical reason to do any of that stuff. That's why Paul had uh, Titus, let's see, Timothy circumcised, but Titus uncircumcised, or was it the other way around? It's for that reason... So for that reason, of course, you know, as Paul says, to the Jews I became a Jew and to the Greeks I became a Greek, so, so that I might win some. So certainly, absolutely for that. It's just, it, it, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of the Messianic groups and stuff like that, they all say, oh yeah, yeah, we're saved by grace through faith, you know, every one of them will say that. But when you get right down to it, they don't really believe that, you know, they believe that, look, you've got to keep the Sabbath or you're going to hell, basically. Um, and I think that that's, um, it, it's a minimalist view of the covenants. The coven, the old covenant and the new covenant are a major study in scripture. It's a major doctrine that I think that, uh, not, not knowing the details of which, um, can really, uh, lead us it, it, to fall prey to a lot of those types of, of people are, that are out there that, you know, entire books of the Bible were written about to, to, to refute. Galatians, for instance.
1: Oh, right. yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, what's funny? Once you get into the Christian community in terms of being um, a radio host or, or a preacher of some sort, I notice that there's people out there who want to take you down. They they call, they want to call you a false prophet, and and then you want to you look at some of these other people and you're saying, hey, I don't I don't agree with that person. That person is a false prophet. I I know I I want to address this issue because I think it's important. I don't necessarily, I think that, you know, there are false teachers, but it's not, it's, the accusation is what I'm against. I don't think it's right that we, you know, accuse and condemn and, 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 and have this um, attitude toward our fellow brothers and sisters, which is what they are, uh, even though they may be in the wrong about a certain topic, um, to, to, to be so, um, what's the word? I think people get very paranoid about, oh, I don't want to talk to that person because he believes this, and and I think that's wrong. You know, the Christian community right now needs to come together. The Christian community needs to start, uh, you know, working in unison to win souls during the harvest, I I believe. So, I mean, what's your take on that?
0: Well, there's a lot of different ways to go with it. I think that certainly what we used to joke about right when you're sort of new in this whole thing, especially in the Conspiracy Christian community, um, we are really, really what we what we called hyper discernment or discernment overdrive, where everybody was, you know, uh, doing something wrong, and you couldn't post anybody's name on Facebook without saying oh, that person did this and that, whatever, you know, nobody was good enough for anybody because there was always some conspiracy angle for that person or that teacher or whatever, you know, and that is just ridiculous, and I think that that's the thing that's, that's bothersome. I don't think that, you know, I've done, most of my work has been refutations of people, and I can count, there's, Really, no refutations I've done of kind of, a, of a Christian teacher that I know to be a brother, uh, with the possible exception of Brandon House, but that was a, a different issue. I would argue, but nevertheless, the point is is that I think that that I would also say on the other side of that coin that that especially the pastoral epistles, First, Second Timothy, and Titus, argue strongly that, that it's our Christian duty to debunk, to refute, to to show from the scriptures. At how why people are wrong about those doctrines that lead people away from the gospel. Um, so so I think that Paul looked at a lot of these teachers that were you know preaching for as he said dishonest gain. Some were preaching to just to just to cause him trouble, and he said you know what let them preach. You know as long as they're preaching the gospel, I don't care basically. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to those doctrines that are what we might call cultic or leading people away from the, the, the true gospel those are the things that we are commanded by scripture to deal with it's part of at least you could argue it's part of uh, uh, the duty of a person who is claiming to be uh, an elder or, or a, uh, uh, a deacon or these kinds of things that are discussed in the pastoral epistles so on one hand it's 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 absolutely wrong and ridiculous, and it's tearing people down all this, about all these nitpicky kind of things and conspiratorial logic and everything else. But on the other hand, there is a place for it biblically.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. If it's done
0: right. And it's almost never done right, by the way.
1: But. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, well, do you mind uh, talking about some of those instances where you, you, you were forced to address a certain doctrine which you felt was uh, harmful toward you know, people who are seeking the truth?
0: Well, um, most of those kinds of things. Uh, for example, the sacred name movement. I did a video one time called the sacred name movement debunk. This is this is basically a doctrine that at its worst is saying that if you don't say the right name of God, uh, the Tetragrammaton, Yahweh, or whatever they want to call it in their version, uh, or don't say Jesus right, then you know that's God's sort of way for telling who is who isn't a part of the elite club. That kind of stuff. Uh, is is a good example of somebody that's claiming to be Christian that needs to be refuted. Um, that that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Anything anything that, that uh, for example, other there are certain Catholic doctrines about salvation, that uh, apostolic succession and things like that. I've done stuff on that really deserve to be refuted. They aren't nit- nitpicky issues. Um, I could be said because I have been doing a little bit more on Bible prophecy lately. Um, there is there is I, I tread lightly on the idea of when I think people have a wrong doctrine about that because, look, there are a lot of different ways that people interpret that, that of people that are absolutely, genuinely saved. But I do think that it's important, and I think it's important to talk soberly about it, talk, uh, you know, and, and I think that in those cases, um, for me, that's about the nitpickiest nit I've gotten, and I really haven't done that, like I said, at one time. And even that was was pretty pretty low-key.
1: Yeah, no, no. I I love the way you do it. It's it's you do it in love, and I and I think everyone appreciates that. And um, <clears throat> it is definitely necessary. And uh, we're gonna get into some of those uh, more controversial topics, such as the Antichrist, in a second. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say that uh, in my experience, when I speak to a Christian who is um, following after the Holy Spirit, you know, and really speaking in tongues and, you know, really trying to be led by God and, you know, have 100% given their life to Jesus Christ, um, and I, we happen to disagree on something, I don't necessarily feel the need to, uh, to, con- to um, you know, force them to, to take my point of view. I think it's okay uh, that they have their point of view. And I think there are certain parts of the scripture that are, are not necessarily black and white. Um, you know, for example, there's a whole always the pre-rapture, post-rapture debate, and um, you've got, of course, there's the antichrist debate. So, um, in your case, I was listening to your video about the how Barack why Barack Obama is not the antichrist, and you gave ten reasons, and all from Scripture, which which I thought was great. Um, do you mind? Uh, w- would you talk about some of those, and you know, tell people out there why you feel that Barack Obama is not the antichrist?
0: Well, um, I think there's a number of ways you could approach just that subject. I don't have it in front of me, but I'll just sort of talk off the off, off the cuff, as it were. Um, I think that, first of all, there is some clear indication of where the Antichrist comes from. And, for example, there is he does come from some kind of ten-nation uh, confederacy. It looks like one nation that has ten rulers of some kind, uh, and that he deposes or, or at, least, at the very least sort of uh, subdues, Three of those ten leaders uh, on his way to power of that country, and, and that's just not that's just not applicable to Barack Obama. I would also say that, that Daniel Eight says that he has to come from one of the four uh, remnants of the of Alexander's empire. That would include. Um, what we call the Seleucid Empire, which would be like Egypt and and the Ptolemaic, or excuse me, that would be the Ptolemaic Empire, the Seleucid Empire, which would incorporate some Muslim countries as well as uh, you know Macedon or Greece as well as Thrace. So he's just not from any of those places, and um, it doesn't matter if you think he's from Kenya or Hawaii or whatever. He's just it's he just that didn't do any of those things. Uh, also, I would say that. Um, he he hasn't shown any, like, for example, there's a lot of things that the Antichrist is supposed to do. For example, uh, he's supposed to, at the midpoint, sit in a temple, the Jewish temple, and declare himself to be God. That is something that, if he is going to do, he's got to pretty much step up his game if he's going to do it in two years or whatever, because the temple needs to be rebuilt. He's got to really have an about-face on a lot of the things that he has to do. I think when we get into the details of what the antichrist does, it just, you know, it I think a lot of people when they try to propose Barack Obama, they look at these they look at it very uh, on a very surface level. They say, well, look, he is uh, he is prideful. That's the same thing as calling himself God and declaring himself higher than anything that has ever been worshipped and forcing people to worship him? No, it's not the same thing. You can be prideful, but not do those things. So so I, I understand there's some criticism to say, well, he could do those things, and that's true. It's certainly possible that he could do those things. The temple could be rebuilt, and he could sit in it and, and say all those things, but it, uh, it does not look like look likely. And in addition, I would say that, as I mentioned before, there's some other things that just already kind of eliminate him like his uh, the where he comes from and those kinds of things but i, I can 't remember all ten of them, but
1: they 're out there yeah they 're out there I think they saw them on your uh, on uh, if you 're interested in checking that out um, that 's where the video is and of course on on youtube but um <clears throat> you know, it's uh you mentioned also the islamic antichrist you were talking about a book called the Islamic Antichrist and you, you, ha- you made some statements about why you felt that was a dangerous uh, idea. I mean, wh- wh- what do you think about uh, Barack Obama? Well, well, not necessarily addressing Barack Obama, people saying that he's, he's really Muslim, which I think is a possibility. Uh, wh- what do you think about the, this whole idea of the Islamic Antichrist?
0: Well, um, I would argue... Well, first of all, it doesn't really matter, in my opinion, if Barack Obama is, is Muslim or not, because I don't think that that's what the Bible is saying, that he's going to be a Muslim. Um, I think that the way I would argue that is the verses that people use to make that proposition. Um, and keep in mind, this is a brand new proposition. This is not something you're going to find in the Church Fathers. It's not something you're going to find anytime up until very recently. And the reason is, is because... Christianity has, over the years, always called the guy, the Antichrist, who, or, you know, said the Antichrist was going to come from this group or that group, based on what was scary in their day. Not on the Bible, because the Bible doesn't say it, so they had to, like, kind of twist Scripture into make it so, uh, and that's certainly the case nowadays. Obviously, everybody is super scared. The mainstream media is really pushing fearfulness of, of, of Islam and everything, so it's only totally natural that uh, people are starting to write books about it for the first time. So I think that that's where this is coming from. But I do think that the idea is dangerous, because what I think could happen is... is I don't want to open a can of worms here, but I think, and I've been doing some research about this, I think that the views, for example, about the Antichrist held in the Muslim world, they, they have a view of the Antichrist called the Mahdi.
1: Right.
0: And... As well as the Jewish people have a, a a version of the Antichrist that they call armorless. and those two eschatologies. Now, keep in mind, the Jews have an eschatology or, or belief in the end times that they didn't get from the Bible, but they got from what they call the sages, the Talmud, and everything over since the Middle Ages. Has really the Jews are waiting for something to happen, uh, very much to say the least, and the Muslims are waiting for something to happen. And if you examine those two beliefs, they're actually connected. They, they are, they, in my opinion, they are primed and ready to, to start a war that the Antichrist will then completely win. And in his winning of that war, and he will, I believe, present himself as the victor, the one who delivers Israel from his enemies, and in fact, this is the earliest view of the Church, every single Church Father from the very earliest times believe that the messiah would be the, the, the anti-christ anti-messiah that's what christ means he would present himself to the jews as the jewish messiah so um, i think that because we have a belief that the anti- anti-christ would be muslim it actually sets us up for a bit of a dangerous game because all the real antichrist if he is in fact going to present himself as the jewish messiah then if he actually destroys the muslim world which which Daniel says he will. Daniel 11, verses 40 through 45, detail these wars that the Antichrist will fight, and he fights all Muslim countries. That's a weird thing. It doesn't fit into anybody's view of this stuff. that's writing books about this nowadays. But he completely destroys the Muslim world, and that doesn't make any sense unless he is trying to uh, do what the Jews want their Messiah to do. If you ask a Jewish person right now, well, you know, what is the Messiah going to do? He's like, he, he does two things. He starts the daily sacrifice again, he starts the temple system, and he completely destroys Israel's enemies. And if anybody does that, he is the Messiah. So by it's kind of this false flag kind of event. If, if the world can make this big bad, can make it, the Muslim world the biggest and the baddest, and everybody can believe it's the Antichrist, then if the Antichrist does what the Bible says he's going to do in Daniel eleven forty through 45 then especially the Jewish world, but everybody else, will certainly think, hey, look, we've got a real deal messiah on our hand. He did what, uh, you know, he delivered Israel from its enemies and the rest of it. So Israel will certainly believe he is their messiah, whether or not the rest of the world follows suit is an open question.
1: Hmm, interesting. Now, I think the reason why a lot of people are considering Barack Obama is because a lot of people feel that we're living in the last days, I'm. I do believe that we are living in the last days. If you look at the global economic situation, it's it's on the brink of collapse. Uh, if you look at this whole. Well, people uh, people even talk about Obamacare being part of part of the mark of the beast system because of the RFID chip and, and medical records being tied to this chip, and how that's on the on you know on the verge of being implemented. Um, people talk about how you know Barack Obama he set up the Covenant of Peoples recently, going to to Israel and saying we need to divide the land and. Um, right now uh you know they're about the divi- dividing the land pretty much and they're giving more parcels of land to to the palestinians and to uh the muslim countries out there so i think uh you know whether or not he is or not i think it's yet to be seen uh, i think there's uh, it's open for debate and i think uh we will be seeing in the near future um the, all this whole story unraveling or or just you know, becoming more obvious to, to the to the onlooker, but... Um... Right, and I, I would say,
0: on that point, I would say that that's all true. Those are all things to look for, but I think it's important to keep it in, in context, because the Antichrist does those things, the mark of the beast, in, in the context of forcing the world to worship him uh, after he resurrects from the dead, okay? that That's the context from this. After the, re- the resurrection of the Antichrist, whether that's real or fake, I don't know. But once he resurrects from the dead, is when this implementation of this system starts—the forced worship of him by bringing, uh, as it says, silver and gold and precious stones. This is something that that is far beyond the scope of you know minor uh, things. If we look, if we, if we lower scripture's view of it's just about the you know economic situation or whatever, I think that we're in danger uh, of giving it too much emphasis. When I believe that we're looking for something with dramatic significance, a resurrected person uh, who is forcing the world to literally worship him. That, that's, that's what we need to look for, because those are the things that happen first, and then all this stuff seems to follow suit. He, he, one of the ways he implements this worship system is by this Catch-22 situation, by prohibiting people to, uh, by prohibiting people to buy or sell unless they worship him. That's the, that's the trade-off. Will you worship me? No? Okay. Then you die. Uh, And I think that's, it's a very epic situation that goes on there. So I, I understand, and I, it could be, it could very well be that these these things that we're seeing are part of that. But I feel as though the Matthew 24 verse when Jesus is talking about those things that we're to watch for, he says it in the context of something happening very quickly. All this kind of stuff that that he's talking about comes together in a pretty quick way. Um, And I think that, you know, that's kind of a tangent there, I guess.
1: No, yeah, it's it's we're gonna see what happens very soon. I think uh, it's uh, a lot going on, and, and you know, of course, people are their their ears are are kind of like peaked, or whatever the term is, because of Christians being persecuted around the world, Christians being, or being killed in, in, I think, alarming numbers, much more so than in the past, Um, the Muslim world coming together, uh, you know, despite, and of course, all these secret wars that were being waged in the Middle East, and kind of consolidating the Muslim Brotherhood under one banner, Um, and of course, uh, you know, people saying how Israel is, is on is is going to be attacked pretty soon, uh, whatever. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, I guess what we can draw from all this is that it's we live in re- extremely interesting times. I don't think we've. Uh, my parents always say they've never seen times like this. Um, I've talked to people who say they've never seen world situation this bad. Uh, of course, people say uh, the Bible says uh, uh, people's hearts will grow cold. I think we're seeing that. Look at the, how um, the young people, our generation. Well, Chris, I'm not sure how old you are. I'm 31. How old are you I'm again? 30. Uh, f- 34. You're 34? Yeah, so, I mean, our generation, I mean, we're not getting married uh, in our generation. A lot of us are, are in our parents' houses. We can't really find a job. Um, a lot of us are so self-centered. Look at the selfie, people taking these selfie photos all the time. Um, people, are, you know, just lovers of selves, just like the Bible says, in the last days will be lovers of selves. You know, it's all that stuff is, is come to pass. It's all prophetic. And it, it's just all these things that are being, uh, fulfilled that are, are, piquing everyone's interest, which is kind of, kind of cool. And of course, you're seeing these websites like theblaze.com and you're seeing, and wnd.com, which are becoming more popular. And they're very upfront that they actually, <laughs> they believe, you know, you could see that there's are they're. they're their headlines are all kind of like believing that this is coming to pass with the Christian persecution and whatnot.
0: Right, but I would just say this: I think that we need to be careful. This is something I'm only now just sort of being burdened by. Is that all the things that you just had them talking about? Those are the things that, if if they, if, if it's played up, and trust me, I think we're in the end times too. But if we bite too hard on it, then I think that that we're we're in for a setup. Because, because, um, I, I think that if we, if we really think that, I don't know, I'll just, I'll just leave it there, but, but I'll just simply say that I think that we need to be careful because all these things that we're seeing is, what if it's supposed to look like, um, all this, you know, all the end times? What if, because I think that the Antichrist, if he's really going to be the Antichrist, he needs a fake Antichrist. He needs somebody to defeat in order to be the victor. It's the age-old false flag situation. He doesn't come, uh, he, he, he needs a big, bad enemy to defeat. And I think that we might be fighting a straw man. And we are, I think that we're in danger of, if somebody ever destroys that straw man, we're in danger of looking to him as if he has done a great work.
1: I, I think you, that's a great point and, and we don't know. and, I, and I, I think it's good that we have opinions as Christians, but not really take such a hardline stance because we don't know. And of course, the Bible says, no man knows the day or the hour, and uh, we have to just be led by the Holy Spirit. Of course, you know a, a lot of us who are led by the Holy Spirit and, and listen to the, what the Holy Spirit is saying, um, for whatever reason, we may come to different conclusions regarding these types of issues, which ultimately are peripheral issues. You know, of, of course, if we are preaching the gospel message and we are talking about, um, you know, Jesus Christ, the only way to be saved, um, all this other stuff is secondary. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I just I just think that it's important that we, we continue to come together, and uh, I just see s- too many there's too much division. Well, the good thing is that um, non-denominational churches are on the upswing. Um, the other churches are dying out. I'm looking at my parents' church, the Methodist church. Um, there's no young people going to these churches. They, these churches will die. There, there's no way they can survive. I, the churches that I, that I see that are growing are full of the Holy Spirit. They're full of miracle signs and wonders, uh, healing, and, and, and that's the stuff that we should be Talking about, and it's crazy how every day, every day I turn on YouTube, I see a new channel where there's a new person who says that that God spoke to them and to tell people these messages. And I think, oh, that's great. I think that's evidence that you know the Bible says in the last days God will pour out His Spirit onto all man. And I think that's what that's evidence of that. Um, whether or not they are, as you say, if you're a young believer not really knowledgeable of the Word of God, you are susceptible to spiritual attack. That's for sure. But um, Ultimately, you know, if they're in God's hands and the Holy Spirit's leading them, um, it's, it's going to end for the better. And um, it, it's just, it's incredibly interesting times we live in and uh, I think is really cool. Um, <laughs> even though it's, it's going to be a devastating time, um, as the Bible says, you know, we do, I think we are living the last days. Uh, there are a lot of bad things that are going to happen. But uh, those of us, like, I, I, you know, it's interesting, Chris, and I wanted to ask you about this. I have a sense of peace. I don't feel worried. I used to feel real worried. You know, before and back in 2010 before all this happened, you know, I was looking at the bank bailouts and I was I was so worried. I was, I was so upset. All I did was was talk about politics. I got involved in some political campaigns and was trying to change things through political means. Um and 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 now uh, that stuff's boring. That stuff's not interesting. That stuff is ultimately not going to do any good. And I have a sense of peace. I mean, do you have a sense of peace about what's what's coming upon the world right now?
0: Absolutely. Um, And my my testimony actually mirrors that identically. I mean, I was really serious about that stuff. Uh, I was before I was handing out gospel DVDs. I was handing out nine eleven DVDs and DVDs about vaccines and Aspartame and and everything else was just was so serious and and fighting the the New World Order and everything. But it really just tailed in comparison to the the gospel. And getting people to understand the gospel was like, if I could do that one thing, that's, you know, not everybody needs to know about vaccines, but everybody needs to know about the gospel. And if Jesus wants them to know about the go- uh, vaccines after that, he'll he'll let them know, you know, he'll lead them to somebody or tell them himself. I mean, the, 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 the point is, is that that's not what people need. And so that's where I think that, with with uh, the things that you know, the politics, all the stuff that's going on right now. I mean, it's just so, as you said, it's boring to me. And I, I, I tread lightly on that because I know people would say, "Well, so Christianity is, is you know you're not you're not doing your part and all this the rest of the stuff." I would say that if you really if you really knew what this was all about, then you would see that this is the best thing that we can do is to to reach out with the gospel and to disciple people like Jesus says, to go and make disciples of all nations. And that's the thing. That's the thing that's important. And and I think that uh, it's what he does to everybody that had some kind of cause like that. Um, And and I'll I'll backtrack a little bit and say, I know great Christians, people that are just on fire for the Lord, who the Lord has put on their heart, some social calls like that. Like, for example, fluoride in the water. There's a guy in Tennessee here that is uh, a guy who just is a great Christian but has that on his heart, and that's what I believe God has put on his heart to do something about it because it, will, it is a big deal and it's a really important thing. And he's done some great work. He's gotten out of a lot of big cities in, in Nashville and really across the world because of his work. So, so God does put those kinds of things on people's heart. There are a lot of different types of people in the body of Christ. That's kind of one of the reasons I've been working on Bible prophecy now. Is because, you know, as much as I, um, you know, the pastors out there, they they have a, an aversion to, to working on prophecy, and I totally understand why, because prophecy, as you said, it's divisive, and, and and if they are divisive in the pulpit, then they you know run the risk of dividing the church, and that's just not a healthy thing to do. On one hand, and so I don't feel like. A lot of the pastors in, de- in churches, denominational or non-denominational, are doing much about it. But at the same time, you know, a good third of the Bible is this prophecy at the time that it was written. And Jesus talks more about this abomination of desolation event and this future complete exodus from Christianity, what he calls the great apostasy, this thing that will happen as a result of the Antichrist. He talks so much about that. It was something that Jesus said in Matthew 25:24. excuse me, 24:25. See, I've told you beforehand about that. So he wanted us to know about that stuff. So, so although I, um, you know, I, I understand about that stuff, I also think that perhaps that's a, you know, one of the things that, uh, that God wants us to do, too, is to work on those things that he's put specifically on our heart as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, for example, I just want to get your point of view on Alex Jones. I mean, Alex Jones says he's a believer, and he talks about New World Order, he talks about fluoride, he talks about all this stuff. Well, Alex Jones kind of, in a way... He doesn't talk about Jesus, really, at all, but at the same time, I think he's done a lot of good in the sense that he has exposed a lot of the, these satanic cults like um, out in California with the uh, Bohemian Grove, and he's, he's done a lot of interesting documentaries about uh, America, uh, you know, with uh, Aaron Russo and stuff like that. You know, what's your take on Alex Jones? Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, of course,
0: I mean, I don't think Alex is is a, uh, you know, a model Christian. If he is one, you know, um, I know he does have some peculiar views about the whole thing and all this stuff. I I used to describe Alex Jones as sort of, he'll get you to the train station. He'll get you from American Idol to this place where you make a decision. He's not going to tell you the gospel. He's not, but he is a transition for people who, wherever they came from, whether, whether it was hardcore conspiracy stuff or, uh, you know, just, you know, like I said, American Idol, he gets you to a place where then you can, you can realize that this is a bigger issue. And because he is a Christian, or at least claims to be a Christian, I think that gives them an okay to say, okay, this is a Christian doing this. Um so therefore New World Order and the fighting in New World Order is compatible with Christianity in some way. So it, it, it it's a it's a it's a stopping place or starting place for a lot of people. Um so I tend not to be any of you know the downing Alex Jones type. I think that whether he's saved or not, he is being used by God to do good.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I you know what's um I wanted to ask you uh, if about Jonathan Cleck, uh, are you familiar with his ministry? Uh, yeah. Okay, now, um, you know it would be really cool? I'm sure you don't agree with him, <laughs> but uh, he's, right. he's got an interesting story, and uh, he gives his testimony of what happened to him, and he's extremely, um, if anything, consistent over the number of years that he's been doing his thing, and I don't see any... He's not gaining anything monetarily. He's not, um, you know... Seeming to deceive anyone, he's he seems genuine. Um, I would love for you to do some kind of like <laughs> podcast on him if 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 you haven't already.
0: No, I haven't already, but I have come across his stuff and have been sort of uh, um, well, I guess just disappointed in some of the different things. I can't even you know articulate them right now, but uh, I do know that we would disagree on quite a number of points of doctrine.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, there certainly are, certainly are a, a great number of interesting brothers in Christ, and you know, we, a lot of God is works in mysterious ways. God has us do on different on task on different types of, just like He had you on task regarding the conspiracy, um, ancient aliens debunked, um, either you know all these do- all these debunkumentaries that you've done. And uh, I don't think you were just, that was your job, that was your role, that was what God had for you, you know, that was not something that I would do. I mean, and, and God showed me something which is, to many Christians, um, extremely controversial as well. You know, God showed me um, self-deliverance, and he had me do the e-book on self-deliverance, which is on my website. And a lot of people, and I've shown it to a lot of Christians, and a lot of them are not on board with it. And it's a, it is divisive, and I've lost friends about it. But at the same time, it, I, I, it's 100% what God showed me, and um, I'm not, you know, that's, that's period. And, and it's something that I continue to use myself, and I think is important, and I think that uh, I do I'll also talk about intercession. So, like, it's amazing how each one of us has different roles, and we, we talk about different things that are, that are pertaining to our experiences, So I I think it's important to to remember that as well.
0: That's that's been the story of a lot of the stuff that I do. I mean, it's been all over the board, the things that I have done. They see they're completely, you know, not really connected in any particular way. But the one thing that's been consistent and the reason it's like that is because um, every time I get something like that on my heart to do, whether it's Ancient Aliens, Debunked, or whatever it is, um, I, I just... I'm obedient to that, I give it to God, like you know God, you could use this is yours, you use it to do whatever you want to do with it if people out there need to hear this, you know, and I'll do my part and and try to do a good job and do good research and I think that God honors that in ways that surprise me all the time um one of the greatest compliments I ever get is when whatever it is, whatever video or podcast or whatever it was that I put out there, that somebody says, you know I didn't I cried out to God, and I asked him to show me the truth about this thing, whatever whatever it is, and I was led to your video, and that just changed everything, and, you know, they became Christian or whatever it was, and that's the thing that really is the best compliment that you can get because God was saying, okay, well, if you want to know about that, here's where you go for that. It's a tool, one of, one of, one of the tools that God can use to help other people, and if you put yourself out there in that position to be a tool to, for him to do whatever he wants to do, to use you or not to use you, I think that's where he he, uh, he he shines the best. I mean, that's one of the great things that we can do in the kingdom of God, is be um, a part of what he's doing. You know, if you didn't write that ebook, for instance, and God wanted to sh- show somebody that exact same material, he'd just go to the next person that he told to do that, or to do something similar. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have to be a part of his plan, or, or, or to, as, as he says, we, we get uh, you know, treasure in heaven for this stuff. You know, on that day are rewards for those things that we got to be a part of in His in building his kingdom. It's, it's a gift for us to be a part of those things. So uh, I just encourage people out there to, if you have something on your heart like that, something you need to write, a blog post, a pod, podcast, a, a reputation of some cult member or, or something like that, that you know it's going to help somebody, maybe somebody on your Facebook page or whatever, take the time to do it and give it to God. And if it just helps one person, then that's what it was supposed to do. But I can tell you, nine times out of ten, it's going to help two, three hundred
1: Yep, that's, that's true, and I've definitely gotten those comments, too, people saying that, oh, I was praying, and God showed me this uh, on your site, and it feels great, and that God uses us, and we're so blessed, um, because he's, you're right, he doesn't have to use us. He can use the next guy, and it would be the same. So, Chris White, um, we're going to end it there. Check out Chris White's website, conspiracyclosed.com. Check out... Um, bibleprophecytalk.com. Check out stopsleepparalysis.org, which is another great site. We're talking about sleep paralysis. I'm also going to link the, to the other interview Chris and I did uh, a while ago on sleep paralysis. And, um, you know, one of the, you know, doc, the bunkumentaries that you did, which I thought was really, really great, um, I'm trying to remember. It has to do with what's what's with all the one where you talk about Zeitgeist. Was that Zeitgeist debunked or
0: uh, Zeitgeist history rewritten? Is one I did. There's one that Elliot Nesh did called uh, Zeitgeist. Um, I can't remember. Also, Keith Thompson did one on it. But yeah, there's there's a number of them out there.
1: Those, I have to say, if you're listening to the show right now, you gotta check out those those debunk documentaries because you know, Chris, you do such a great job, you're such a great researcher, and, you know, God uses you, and, and, you know, you really, you go into so much detail regarding why the whole, the whole, this whole idea is bogus, and, you know, it's funny, because it's one of the big arguments atheists use against Christianity, this idea that, oh, this idea of a Messiah, Jesus, virgin birth, that's throughout history, and different religions, and blah, 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 and they love to use that, but, you know, if you are armed with the truth, and you know you you, you uh, uh, inform yourself about why they're wrong then you can actually tell them to their face when they when they bring this stuff up so I think that's another one good good uh, good one to check out and um, you know so Bible see you know, and, you know I think you have also an app don't you for your uh, show on iTunes
0: um, I don't but I am I am producing an app here it should be out pretty soon
1: okay cool all right, Chris White, thank you Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, God bless. Listen, do you mind praying for before we end the show here for those people who are still seeking and, and they're not quite sure, maybe they're in the conspiracy, maybe they're, you know, in the Alex Jones, wherever they are?
0: Sure, absolutely. Okay. Lord, um, we just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we pray for these people that might be listening. Lord, I know that With you, nothing is an accident. So however these people are listening to the show, however it ended up on their MP3 player or wherever, Lord, I know that uh, you are paying attention and that you love them. And so I would just pray for you to complete, to start a work in them and to complete it. Lord, I pray that you would lead them to the truth of your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that you would convict them to find out more about Him. And if they find out the truth about Him, if they know the truth about Him, Lord, convict them to then become a follower of Jesus Christ, to to begin to follow Him and to, um, and to really come to a full knowledge of you in Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Alright, Chris, uh, God bless. Take care. Good talking. You too. Bye-bye. All right, that was Chris White, guys. Um, Check out his stuff. Go to his site. Um, Very interesting, and I hope you were blessed by this interview. All right, take care. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?